Okay, so this is Julia and Christine Discuss. We are here this week to talk about romance novels. I am Christine. This is Juliet. Hi. Um, we are both um, booksellers at This is a Bookstore and Bookbug, which is a local independent bookstore in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And we are here to help support them and also just talk about some of our favorite books. My turn? Sure, I don't care. Or, or we, no, we can edit stuff around, so it's okay, not okay. a huge problem. <laughs> so my history with romance is fairly new. Within the past two years, I'd say, we started um, listening to these titles on Libro, um, taking home a few arcs, really. But I found that listening to Libro was probably the most digestible way. Um, I didn't realize how many pretty decent contemporary titles written by own voice authors there were mm -hmm. actually writing romance novels. So um, it was like kind of like a breath of fresh air, especially when you need something just light and fun um, and you don't want to get too serious, which is kind of me all the time now, which is why <laughs> probably both of us are always so drawn to YA and middle grade as well. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, yeah, I, I guess I just, I didn't know that I needed it in my life, but my complete lack of any romantic life should have been an indication that I should have been doing this long before. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, um, like, I feel like I didn't fully understand what, romance as a genre was like growing up I always thought of like the like four dollar mass market paperbacks that I, I yeah that and they either have the the covers of like the man with his shirt unbuttoned to his belly button holding a woman who might or may not be passed out or their covers are like a mansion in the snow <laughs> Yes. And they were, that was the type of thing that my grandma would read those. And she yeah. would literally have grocery paper bags that her and her friends would just like pass around. And I, yeah. And I didn't have like a negative view of them, but it wasn't really anything I ever thought would be for me. And right. So uh, yeah. yeah, similarly, I started listening to stuff some romance novels and very quickly was like these are super fun they are yeah and so I just I've really enjoyed kind of this delve into it as a genre and kind of seeing what's out there right yeah I don't know how I would fare reading one of those like bodice rippers I like love the term bodice ripper I know <laughs> with Fabio and I I don't yeah like I don't want to like be dismissive I'm sure they have their time and their place and and I, yeah I'm sure they're enjoyable if that's what you want to read and but I find when I'm reading one of the newer ones that's available to us um it, if it gets too schmaltzy I, I won't believe it yeah and if it's not believable I can't get into it yeah absolutely there is so. yeah there's definitely lines of realism <laughs> yes. that I think you can cross them. You can cross a line of realism and still be really enjoyable. But then there's like a line of just ridiculousness. Right. 
which sometimes I'm sure is what you need too, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't, like my, I have like this measuring system. If I am listening, if I'm listening to one and it makes me roll my eyes like X amount of times, <laughs> I will not like, you know, it, well, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. It was what I needed and it was light and fluffy, but I had like, I don't know, maybe like two eye rolls per chapter. Then <laughs> it wasn't for me. Yeah. I love that metric. It's, it's a good metric. <laughs> right, right. Like the guy's too perfect or like, just like some line is super cheesy, which I, I don't mind cheesy lines. Like I'm a total sucker for rom-coms. It's just like, that's how, you know, I guess it's like my, I guess that's just where my threshold is. Yeah. I, one of the things that really surprised me as I dove in and that was making it more tolerable to me is this the way that so many of the books, at least all the ones I've read have been from the perspective of the women mm -hmm. and how often when you do get to like the romance scenes, yes, how much it's about women's pleasure mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't feel skeezy or weird or gross. It's just about like, hey, maybe let's right. think about the women for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They do a good job. I, most of them do a really good job with those. And, and there hasn't been a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it, like one good one of these novels will have maybe like just one or two parts, yeah. you know, that are really steamy. And, and I think they're usually really well done, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're better than other ones I've read for sure. Yeah. Because that's another thing. I do not have a history of reading romance novels, but I know my way around fan fiction. Um, so. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. So I have read my share of steamy sections before. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, we should probably actually talk about some books. Okay. Um, so we thought that first we'd start with some books that both of us have read to kind of have discussions about, and then we'd do some brief descriptions of some ones that only one of us have read just to kind of book talk those. Yeah. Um, you want to give a brief plot description of Beach Read? Oh man, Beach Read. <laughs> Beach Read is, um, just came out last week, last Tuesday, and it is absolutely wonderful. Um, God, who, I don't even know who the author is. I'm it's a Emily Henry. Emily? Okay. Emily Henry. Um, January is a romance writer um, or women's, women's fiction, which is a little disconcerting as a title of a genre. For real. <laughs> um, and, and she kind of, she brings that up in the plot too. She's like, if you switched out all my names from, you know, Julie to John, then it would, it would be called a novel. Yeah. So I think it's the perfect romance book to dip your feet in if you have no experience with the genre. Um, if you're wor worried about cringing or, you know, like being able to stomach something, not knowing what the cheese factor is going to, you know, the cheese yeah. um, amount of cheesiness, level of cheesiness, then um, this one is for you. So it's about a literary fiction writer 
and a romance novel um, author who end up staying in neighboring beach houses um, set in Southwest Michigan, really. Yeah. On, on Lake Michigan. Um, it's a fictional beach town, but it very much feels town. like, I feel like it's smaller than South Haven, but it, it, is. it feels like, you know, the beach towns that we know from right. vaguely in that area. Like what's the one, like St. Joe, maybe? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's very cute. Um, they knew each other in college, went to U of M together, uh, find themselves uh, in this beach house, in these beach houses that are right next to each other. And um, they kind of have like this friendly rivalry that they, you know, that starts to blossom. Um, they have a bet that he can he is going to write a romance novel and she's going to write literary fiction. And whoever actually gets a deal has to write a blurb about the other person's book, right? Whoever loses the bet. Whoever loses the bet has to write a blurb, right? Yeah. And so, you know, he's nominated for the National Book Award and, you know, has, is very established in his career, as is she, but, you know, his is more um, lauded and recognized. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, that is a very cute storyline. She's got her own very great storyline, and so does he. And I think that's what makes it so good. Yeah, how much backstory there really is. You know, there's a lot of meat to it. Yeah, I feel like all of the characters in this book, um, from January to Everett to like some of the random people that you meet throughout the town, all feel really real and fleshed yeah. out. And yeah, it feels like you get to know people, even the ones you barely see throughout <laughs> the process of the novel. Yeah. You still feel like you know them in a way that is just really charming. The whole mm -hmm. thing is just charming. Yeah. I feel bad. Well, I don't even know why I feel bad, but like, I don't even want to pigeonhole it as a romance novel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So it was the most, it was the most, you know, I guess it was the closest to just regular literary fiction. Yeah. You know, that we, have come across so far I feel like yeah I think of the ones I've read I have a couple that I'm going to talk about that I think cross over as well but okay. this one is one that I think has really broad appeal yeah it's just it's just all of the characters are so lovely and mm -hmm. they all have motivation beyond just finding love too sure yeah and it's really fun seeing Meyer being in it yes. and, you know, like, like Michigan and like all of these things that you're like, Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's cute. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And Juliet, you said that you're actually listening to it again. I am. I'm listening to it the, for a second time because <laughs> I, and there's a lot, like, there's some things that I missed for sure that I'm like, I'm happy to have gone back and unless it was just like so so pleasant and a, such a fun funny escape yeah that, that I had to do it oh so. and another thing I really loved about the book is January has this really wonderful friendship I don't remember her best friend's name shoddy yeah but that yes. I love I love that friendship and you don't physically see her throughout most of the book but right. Like that doesn't diminish 
like that friendship that you feel between the two of them. You can tell that she's from Chicago, right? Yeah. You can yeah. tell that she was living in Chicago yep. or is from like, you know, suburbs of Chicago. And that's where her friend still is, who works in the restaurant industry. You know, their communication now that she's in Michigan is very like, you know, her friend, she texts when her friend's asleep and vice versa because they're completely off, off schedule, but yep. it's very, very cute. Yeah, I just, I really love them, personally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Beatreed, definitely my favorite one so far, and perfectly timed for the summer. Yeah. And almost like, I guess, it, I guess, yeah, because it does take place on the beach, but they don't really, you know, Beatreed implies fluff, which, like, kind of unfairly so, because yeah. you can read anything on the beach, but... <laughs> I suppose this is the perfect beach read. Yeah, no, it's good. And I like, like, the moments of darkness in it, too. Mm -hmm. are, like, everything's just balanced. Everything's yes. well balanced in the book. It is. It really yeah. is. And I don't want to give too much away. So I'm not gonna. Right. We won't talk about the suicide death cult. No. <laughs> actually might have been my favorite part of the book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how original. Yeah. It was really well done. I love that we're just like dangling that out there. Yes. <laughs> so it's Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Mm -hmm. Probably saying that wrong. And it is a the charming story of when the son of the president named Alex makes a fool of himself with the Prince of Wales, Henry. <laughs> So, of course. Yes, obviously. Course. So he makes a fool of himself and they have to like pretend to be friends basically. And of course they fall in love and it yes. is goofy and ridiculous, but everything I want in a fake romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird how you like, you, you're ready for the tropes with welcoming arms. Exactly. Because it isn't about the setup. It's about how they get where they're going from right. that setup. Right. Yeah. Right. And this book is, you know, it's definitely ridiculous in that, you know, it is royalty and basically U.S. royalty. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's just so cute and well done. And Alex has this, I believe, older sister who is sassy and fierce and is just yeah. an amazing friend to both of them. And, you know, there's mess ups with Secret Service and passport issues and like, of course, you know, it's a life that we will never have. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. it's super fun to read about. Like, I it just, is. yeah, it was just stupid fun. Yeah. And I love, too, that Alex is um, half, I believe, Mexican. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's that issue drawn in there, and that his mom is the president, and she's divorced. Mm -hmm. and so, like, that's issues that have come into, like, her political campaign that they talk about. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, I like, I'm totally here for, yeah, I guess I don't want to say, like, <laughs> stereotyping. You okay there? <laughs> okay, I just inhaled some vodka, no big deal. <laughs> I'm totally here for, um, yeah, just like those, like, oldest time, like, 
mashups or, you know, like the outgoing son of a president and the reserved noble, you know, up. Right ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm all about it. It was really cute. It was a fun one. I feel like I don't remember the plot points quite as well because I read um, that. Yeah. Quite a while ago, but yeah. That was like that was like one of our first ones. I think it was. It hmm. was. I'm trying to see when it originally came out. Yeah, it came out a year ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah so we didn't even start this like two years ago. No. It's only been like like a, a year. year. Yeah. I've consu been consuming uh, like almost exclusively romance novels <laughs> for like a year. So no. It's it's amazing how much we've grown in a year. Yes. Uh, the better. Yep. Um, should we move to now? I feel like the next three we have on our list are all own voices, which is great. So the next one we're going to talk about is If I Never Met You by, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize, Mahari McFarlane. So this one follows two reporters that work together. The first one is Lori and she has just been left at the beginning of the book by her partner of 18 years and kind of out of nowhere. And I just said journalist and I meant lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she's kind of trying to get back at this, her ex-boyfriend because they also work together. Um, and then she meets Jamie, who is another um, lawyer in their office who is seen as like the playboy in the office mm -hmm. and they decide to do a fake relationship in order to advance his career and for her to get back at her ex. Yes. I do love a fake romance. They're just so fun. Yes. Yep. And you know where they're going from yep. the second they mention it. Yep. This I don't care. This book also has a wonderful um, trapped in an elevator together scene. Yep which is, you know, always wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and it's just, it was really smart and refreshing on the whole. Um, love the own voices perspective too. Yes, because um, Lori is black. This book takes place in Australia. Um, and so there's definitely some of that kind of undertones of, you know, who, of the different, aspects of interracial relationships and also just how race works in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like surprised because basically they're doing this so she can get back at her ex and he can advance his career, even though she's super steady and solid at her work and everybody knows it and very, very dependable. So it's just, you know, like the whole time I was like a little disappointed and surprised that she wasn't more like focused on her career aspect and that wasn't a factor for her. And then it ended up being a factor for her near the end, you know? And I was like, oh yeah. Well, was, like, there was a lot of really good growth of both of these characters mm -hmm. um, where she very much starts the book content with kind of like this, almost middle management spot that she's gotten into in the law firm right? and, you know, wanting certain things in her personal life, but very much just kind of going with the tide. 
she has very set opinions of certain people and things right and she very much grows and changes and learns to kind of loosen up and Mm -hmm. go for what she wants but then also not be as judgmental throughout right yeah very much buys into the rumors of him as this super playboy um even though he kind of starts challenging on her on that very early in the book it's like she's too dense to get what he's trying to tell her right right (laughs) i do love i mean that's that's an old trope too you know but uh, total playboy or like seemingly playboy misogynist turns out to be really just sensitive but whatever you know it's if it's done well that's what i care about yeah that was a cute one um we have one more on our shared list that is also a fake relationship so i feel like we should just do all of those at once. not the girl you marry yeah yeah that was a fake relationship right yeah yeah that that was set in Chicago, yeah. from what I remember, right? That was yeah. really cute. Well, and it's a different type of fake relationship because it's a little bit, it's kind of like a retelling of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yes. So it's a fake relationship, but they don't fully know it. Like, you know, they both think it's fake for their own reasons. <laughs> right, right. Oh, right. They both think they're fooling each other. Yeah, exactly. So yes. this one is, it's Not the Girl You Married by Andy J. Christopher. And it's about Hannah, who's an event planner. And she's wanting to show that she can do any type of events, including weddings, which is apparently the cream of the crop and what will get you the most money and prestige. But she's kind of known. It's a, also a trope reversal reversal because she's kind of known as the one that isn't into relationships and is kind of cold and Mm -hmm. you know blah 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 so she's trying to convince her boss or a potential boss that she can do it and have be romantic Mm -hmm. and then jack is a journalist who's been pigeonholed as like the how-to guy in his (laughs) relationship or in his office um doing a lot of fluffy things and so he does basically a how to lose a girl so how to yeah. lose a guy in 10 days but it's how to you know get rid of a girl you don't want and yeah, yeah so they're fooling each other and then they fall for each other it's so <laughs> cute and i do like seeing that woman like not being able to be open to vulnerability you know vulnerability yeah. and that like i can totally relate to that honestly yeah um, yeah, it's set in Chicago. So if you like that city, there's a bunch of cute, like fit recognizable things in there. Yeah. Um, she also is saying she's not the girl you, she's not the girl you typically think about marrying because, um, of her race. Yeah. And so, um, she's saying that, you know, this good old American boy, um, white guy would never go for, you know, her they choose a becky instead and she's pleasantly surprised so yeah. yep. um, another another own voices thing making it a little bit more relevant and you know like giving you an actual reason to read it <laughs> i suppose this one they did alternate perspective yes they did and it that was really i thought 
good because yeah. it gave you insight into why they were doing things. Okay, so the last one that we've both read is Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. And it is also an own voices. Um, the main character is Carolina Santos. Um, and she is Brazilian American, as is Mia, the author. And the first chapter is her being left at the altar on her wedding day. And then it skips ahead a few years. I don't remember how much. Um, but she is in marketing. And is she in marketing or is she the planner? She's a party planner as well. She is a, yeah, she's a party planner for sure. Yeah. So she's a party planner and she's getting pulled into like this high pressure, really important job interview where she's having to work with marketing people to help like do their pitch for the, um, the job basically. And the two marketing people are her ex-fiance mm -hmm. and her ex-fiance's brother. <laughs> she ends up having to work with her ex-fiance's brother, who she might hate more than her ex-fiance. Yeah. Um, so again, it is just exactly what you expect of mm -hmm. them having to work together and then falling in love. Of course. Um, but it's, it's super cute. And like they pull in the issues of her heritage um, not issues of her heritage, but just her heritage and her family mm -hmm. and like where she came from versus where she is really beautifully. Yeah. Um, and the way that Max, the love interest, um, you know, he, the way that he interacts with her family and with that heritage is really interesting and well done and just cute. It's just cute. It's all cute. Yeah. It was really well done. <laughs> I do enjoy a good story like this where, I don't know, like maybe they haven't like fully realized yet, but everybody around them kind of. Yes. It's cute. Yeah. Cause this is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially her family is just like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> better lock it down. Yep. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one. Probably, probably number two to be treated. Really? I, I think, well, yeah, I think I had fun with it. You know, like I think I enjoyed it. I think for me, it would have to be if I never met you. I don't know. They were both really cute. Yeah. We don't have to actually rate things. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> this is America, I guess. Yes, yeah. I'm like, I, we do. Okay, do you want to talk about a few that you've read on your own? So I also read um, the Happily Ever After playlist by Abby Jimenez. Um, apparently, this is the sequel to one called The Friend Zone, which I did not read. Um, it was very cute. Um, but this was one that I kept kind of like rolling my eyes at a little bit. Um, after every chapter, they had a song like that you, they suggested you listen to. <laughs> I did not do the songs. Maybe I, you would have enjoyed it more if you had. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, so... Um, two years after losing her fiance, Sloane Monroe still can't seem to get her life back on track. Um, then this dog literally 
jumps in front of her car. She thinks she hit the dog. The dog climbs up on her vehicle and jumps on her through her sunroof. Aww. Yes, and is basically well, that would like, be my dog if that was me now. Like <laughs> right. Well, so that's exactly what her predicament was. She was like, "Whose dog are you? This is not my dog." A cop pulls her over for blocking traffic, and the and, and she's like, "I swear to God, this isn't my dog." And the dog is like settled on her lap, like happily beaming up at her. Um, she takes the dog home tries to find the owner by calling the number on um, the dog's collar and leaves messages until the mailbox is full. Um, and Whoa. then she's like, fine, this dog is mine. Like yeah. she's printed off papers. She stapled them up all over where she found the dog. Um, and she falls in love with the dog. Her fiance had passed away previous to this. Um, Classic rom-com trauma. Right. Of yeah. course. It's two years later and um, she's still, yeah, she's still kind of a mess. So finally she gets a, a call from somebody who is uh, abroad. Um, the main, or the male protagonist, Jason, is looking for his dog, Tucker. Um, so you name her dog. <laughs> Yes, which is her dog now. Yeah. So she's super upset and they're talking on the phone and she's like, prove, prove to me that this is your dog. And so he's sending her pictures of, you know, like the dog from his camera roll, but he doesn't send her pictures of him. Uh, he is like basically a breaking out uh, like indie rock star. And uh, he does not reveal who he is. So she okay. won't reveal who she is. So they're kind of playing this game of like, give me some information to go off of, and then I'll give you some information to go off of. And also, it's my dog. No, it's my right, dog. Right. No, it's my dog. <laughs> and so they're flirting this whole time that he is out of the country for a tour, but he doesn't tell her exactly why he's out of country. Um, and then they, he's basically he's very persistent trying to get her to go out on a date with him when he comes to get his dog back and uh so all of her friend you know her friend is like that oh my god i'm so sorry her friend is like that is a famous singer songwriter how did you not recognize this what is your problem remember when you played this song on repeat for like three months yeah it was actually like the premise was really cute and I did like kind of thoroughly enjoy it, but he was just too perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it from, I wouldn't stop it me. I wouldn't have that stop me from reading it. Yeah. Um, I, I did actually enjoy myself. Um, and it was like a really great escape. Um, but yeah, there were a couple eye rolls just because I couldn't really stomach like how perfect he was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I don't know. But because if there's anything dating has taught me, there is no perfect man. No. <laughs> there's no perfect anyone. No. Um, so I have four that I'm going to talk about real briefly. Um, the first one is called Get a Life Chloe Brown by Tyla Tyla Talia Talia by Talia Hibbert. <laughs> 
I'm so bad at just pronouncing names, much less anything else. <laughs> um, and it's it's one that I think is a little bit like Happily Ever Playlist for you that you enjoyed it, okay. but it also made you roll your eyes quite a bit. <laughs> right. Um, so it is about Chloe, who's a computer person. I don't remember what she does in computers, but she works with computers and she mostly works from home. And she is, has like a chronic illness and a bunch of problems. And she decides, she has basically like a near death experience that um, is a goofy one. Like it isn't even super serious. But afterwards she's just like, I need to stop being just a shut in that works. And she mm -hmm. comes up with a list of things that is her like get a list get a life list right and she in like it she enlists red who is the maintenance man in her apartment building to help her on this getting a life oh my goodness and so like and it's things like ride a motorcycle and go camping and you know like it's a lot of mundane things as well as some more like bigger pivotal life things mm -hmm. um the thing I really liked about it is as they're falling in love and like the one sex scene that is in it, um, her, the issues of like her chronic illnesses and like the accommodations she needs is never an issue for him. Like it's very much like they have conversations about it where he's just like, so like this yeah. is part of, you know, like being with you, it isn't a big deal. It isn't weird or different. Um, yeah. So I really liked that. I think that she was a little obnoxious. Yeah. And he was a little perfect. Yeah. And I do think that they are a good couple. And I did enjoy the story, but it was just a little out there for me. Yeah. It is the start of a series, though, where they're going to, um, the author is going to be writing about all of Chloe's sisters, who are very interesting figures in the book really? so I would be interested in kind of going back uh, because she comes from like a really rich ritzy family that she's very much trying to like forge it on her own and the other sisters mm -hmm. are not and they're very okay. much like yeah so I think I think the other two or the, I think there's gonna be two more I think they could be really fun um, that's great that sounds cute yeah but it was cute like I said, it was not my favorite of the ones I've read, but I definitely don't regret reading it. So. Right. Uh, the next one that I read is called Starcrossed by Minnie Dark, Darke, D-A-R-K-E. I really loved this book. It was, what? I said, oh, really? Yes, I did. It is two, so there's Justine and Nick. And they kind of grew up together, um, like birth through like age nine or something. Their families were best friends and then, you know, they moved apart and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they reconnect as adults. Mm -hmm. And Nick is into horoscopes and like hardcore Ooh. believes them. And he's an actor who is considering leaving acting because it's like, it's time, I need a real job, blah, blah, blah. Justine is a journalist who has been working as like, basically the, in the paid intern at this one magazine for years and keeps like thinking mm -hmm. she's going to get moved up to journalist and doesn't. 
And then right after they reconnect, she gets a bump to basically like a layout editor. And one of her jobs as the layout editor is transcribing the facts from the guy that does their horoscopes, who like um. is a recluse and is never seen, doesn't read the magazine, all of that. Oh my God. Yeah, you can see where this is going. She starts messing with the horoscope to try to get them connected. And it's, it goes kind of exactly where you're going to think, where like there's disasters and mess ups and, you know, just it, nothing goes the way she expects because people don't read horoscopes the way that any other person will read horoscopes. Um, <laughs> But it's, like, the characters are really charming. You really, like, feel for them. And, like, their weird decisions that they make throughout feel really realistic. Another mm -hmm. thing I really love is there's interludes every couple chapters of other people, other people whose lives she is messing with by cheating oh, really? horoscopes. Oh, my God. That's adorable. Yeah, and it's really cute, and it's just, it's really well done. It's another one that takes place in Australia randomly, so we've got okay. two of those two. But it's just, it's longer than some of the other, I think most of the other ones on the list, um, but it do, didn't feel longer. Like, it was just really fun, and it dug in really well to career and how hard some of these choices that you have to make like as an adult are mm -hmm. and it was it was really well done that sounds yeah. adorable yeah I really really liked it did you read that with your eyeballs or listen to it I listened to it I do have a paper arc okay somewhere in my arc closet so I have two more I'm going to talk about really briefly they are ones that I think kind of border the uh, romance slash quote-unquote women's fiction slash fiction um, but that I think are worth talking about. The first one is called The Roxy Letters by Mary Pauline Lowry. And it is a book entirely told from letters from the main character, La Roxy, to it's a former boyfriend that for a while is living with her. And like the letters start off as like, you left the fridge open type things. Oh, okay. And I will say that there was a chunk not at the very beginning, but like before the middle where I was getting really annoyed where I was like, these letters are like 10 pages long and they're just you ranting about life. <laughs> right. And then it very much becomes, she's not actually giving him the letters. It's become like a diary device for okay. her. And like, then I'm like, once that becomes thing, I'm like, fine, that's not a problem for my brain anymore. Um, <laughs> right. She is very much like, she lives in this house she can't really afford. She's an art, she's like, she graduated with an art degree and she's working at the deli at Whole Foods. Perfect, um, and yes. it's in And it's in Austin, which I didn't know is it where the original Whole Foods is. So like, she doesn't yeah. make a sellout because she's at the original Whole Foods. <laughs> like, so when it was like a neighborhood, you know, like cool store. Right. But then That's there's like a Lululemon going in across the street and she's just like, no, this is Austin. <laughs> So she's like very, very stuck in her ways and very much not liking her life anymore. And there eventually is a romance that's really lovely and really well done. It is not the centerpiece of the book. It's more about her figuring her life out. Okay. Um, but in a way, like, but the romance is still really there and really cute. 
Awesome. Also a really wonderful, like random side plot. They had me cackling incessantly. <laughs> that like about this possibly cult, maybe just group that is centered around the positive energy of meditative female orgasms. Oh my God. It's like so weird and so funny. Um, Cause she like goes like her, the ex-boyfriend that was living with her ends up in like a house for this place. Uh-huh. And like, finally she gets talked into going to a meeting and it turns into like something she was not expecting. <laughs> and it was just, <laughs> It's hilarious. Like this random side jot through meditating via orgasm is really <laughs> funny and it kind of exactly like the stupidness you needed in the middle of the yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, last one I want to talk about is one that has gotten quite a bit of buzz, so I don't feel the need to talk about it a whole lot, but it's the Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley. Mm-hmm. And it's one that there's um, like an old man who feels like his life is at its end and that people are too fake. And so he leaves a notebook in his favorite cafe about like being authentic and being completely truthful to people around you and like write your life story and then pass it on. Um, and it's, it turns into this group of like six or eight people that didn't even know they lived near each other becoming like a really solid group of friends and community. And then there is a really lovely romance between two of the main characters in there. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So again, not like a romance romance, but enough of one. Yeah. That's yeah. an element. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find us and the list of books that we talked about today at thisisabookstore.com. You can also find the store on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you are interested in listening to any of the books in audio form, which I think Juliet and I listen to all of them, um, you can go to libro.fm. That is your indie source for audiobooks. You can um, have it support. This is a bookstore in Bookbug or your favorite local independent bookstore. Thank you so much. See you in a couple weeks. See ya. Bye.